The Denver Broncos search for a brand new head coach. It's heating up with a long slate of interviews scheduled throughout this week. We talk about which candidates have strong traction and which candidates are just simply interview processes. We take a look at that, not to mention if the Broncos can't land a key quarterback via trade this offseason, which options in the NFL draft are there? We answer Broncos country's mailbag questions and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos. Your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos. Hope all of you are doing well wherever you're at all across Broncos country. Thank you for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. This podcast is available free and everywhere you get your podcast. You can also watch us on YouTube. Search Lockdown Broncos. If you're watching us already, a brand new viewer, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and hit that thumbs up button to help us out. And obviously, you get access to daily Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke. Join along by co-host Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Great to be back with you here once again, Broncos country. Sarah, great to see you. The Broncos search for a brand new head coach is heating up. And look, I think really the brunt, the majority of the final interviews will be conducted this week. And then maybe in the next week and a half, maybe two weeks, the Broncos might have their next guy. I think so. I think we'll see that happen. And I'll be interested to see if anybody gets second interviews, Cody, or maybe... You know, does George Payton add to this list? I know there's a couple teams that he in the playoffs still that he he doesn't have any interview requests lined up, like the 49ers. I mean, maybe he wants to get a piece of that after kind of seeing the way that they've been able to really put things together. So I hope I hope that we have a solution sooner rather than later. But at the same time, you know, it gives you and I stuff to talk about here <laughs> for the next couple of weeks because the Broncos aren't playing, unfortunately. So it's a fun, you know, interesting time. For sure, but it's definitely got I feel like it's got a lot of different takes coming about that you and I we kind of <laughs> see a little bit of everything these days. Yeah, no, everything. And we'll address everything. Let's start things off here. The Broncos on Tuesday, they held interviews with defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, Dan Quinn, and Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Now, Sarah, I just want to throw a hypothetical out there. If there was a decision that was gonna come down, if these were the two candidates, the two final candidates, if it had to come down to a decision. Who would you choose? And I'll obviously give my thoughts as well. It's a great question. And uh, just going over the show notes, I was really I was really kind of trying to think about this for a bit. I may be lower on Kellen Moore than pretty much anybody else. Look, I, I love that the Cowboys, they've had a lot of offensive success. They've, they've done some really, really great things with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. To me, I just don't know if he's the right guy that's going to come in and lead this team. We talk about... George Payton prioritizing leadership in his next head coach candidate. So for me, I feel like that is something that you do need to emphasize. I get sick of the leader of men, you know, thing that gets thrown out all the time. Yeah. Like we've, we've heard that. We hear that all the time. And it's like a traumatizing me, Cody, term. It, it really is. It, it brings back all the Vance Joseph memories, all of them. So, but to me, leadership is so much more than being a leader of men. I feel like people like think this leader of men mentality is like a, you know, who do you want at the front front of the the line of all the cast of 300? You know, it's like that. I don't know what people assume is the leader of men, but I want a person who's a leader in that head coaching spot. And so I feel like to me, I would choose Dan Quinn. Look, I think he he's done a tremendous job as a defensive coordinator in this league. 
he's pretty regarded, I think, for being a, a coach that players really respond to, somebody yep. who gets the best out of his guys. We've seen what he did with Micah Parsons this year, really creative, created a ton of turnovers there in Dallas when that was a huge problem area for them. I feel like him as a veteran coach in the NFL and somebody who's been there, kind of done that as a head coach, been to the Super Bowl, he's the guy that I would choose over Kellen Moore despite the Cowboys' offensive success. Well, and I think the the narrative that gets so lost amongst fans debating about what type of head coach they want, it, it's so split and so focused on offensive-minded head coach, defensive-minded head coach. But the reality is, ladies and gentlemen, when we look at teams like the San Francisco 49ers, we look at the Los Angeles Rams, teams that are in the playoffs that have really good offenses. The offenses are good, don't get me wrong, but you know why those teams are good? Because they have a head coach that is a ter- terrific, I almost said terrific, I don't even know if that's a real word, Sarah, they have a terrific leader in Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Those guys are leaders. And you're talking about the leadership personality. What does that mean? Not the guy that's necessarily at the front of the line at 300, as you mentioned, getting ready to go to war for Sparta, but more along the lines of somebody who delegates and collaborates with his staff, doesn't over control things. So with Vance Joseph, one thing I can tell you, I don't know if many Broncos fans know this, Sarah, Vance Joseph, Joe Woods was the defensive coordinator for this Denver Broncos team when Vance Joseph was the head coach. But you know what? Joe Woods really wasn't the DC. Vance Joseph wanted to have his hand in everything, wanted to control defensive personnel, didn't give much say to Joe Woods, didn't didn't give much say to the coaching staff, position coaches who were working with exclusive guys and personnel to say, hey, you know, maybe this guy will be a good fit. Maybe this guy will be a good plug and play for here. Vance Joseph, he overruled that. It was more so it's the way I want to do it. That is where I think things get kind of convoluted a little bit is that everyone thinks that the leader of men is or a leader is going to be like what Vance Joseph was. I think Dan Quinn is far, far from Vance Joseph in terms of his coaching style, how he relates. He allows everything like he delegates to his staff. He trusts the staff until he doesn't have to. And that's what a good head coach does. They let their staff do the thing until they can't do it well. And then they step in and obviously micromanage when they need to. That's really the thing, the point I'm trying to make here. But I like if it was between Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn, I'd go with Dan Quinn for the reasons you outlined there below. But now let's get to Wednesday. They're also set to interview Patriots inside linebacker coach Gerard Mayo and Philadelphia Eagles defense coordinator Jonathan Gannon on Wednesday. Should these candidates ideally be written off in your opinion? Because when I look at Gerard Mayo, he doesn't have much coaching experience. He's got a lot of NFL experience, right? I just don't know if he'd be the right guy to come in and help lead a roster of 53 players. I, I just think it's a little bit of a conflict of interest considering the fact that he's just so fresh into the game as a positional coach, has no coordinator experience. That, to me, I think is something I'm looking at as kind of like, eh, I'm not quite sure about it. And also Jonathan Gannon. I mean, we talk about the scouting and the expertise he has, but I just still don't think he'd be the right guy to lead this team either. I agree with you on those ones, Cody. I really do. I think Gerard Mayo, Jonathan Gannon are both guys who are going to get – obviously, they're going to get interviews. They're going to get a chance to make their pitch, make their presentation. They're both really young guys who I think are considered up-and-coming coaching prospects. But is the timing right for the Denver Broncos? Or does George Payton really want to, as we've said before with other situations, does he want to attach his name as the GM of the team to a first-time coach hire like this. Two guys that really don't have a ton of experience compared to some of the other candidates. Now, that's not always necessarily a bad thing. We look at yeah. Sean McVay, you know, and those type of but, – but Sean McVay is just like franchise quarterbacks. They're not falling off of trees these days. So I think you'd have to be really, really convinced of one of those two guys that you're like, man, like this guy is for sure – 
the the candidate that's going to take us into these greener pastures because I just don't know. I don't know enough about these two guys. Obviously, you can read up on what they've done in the league. They're obviously highly respected. But at the same time, is the timing right for the Denver Broncos? I'm just not so sure for either of those guys if it is. Well, let's take a look at Thursday. It's offensive coordinator day. And Sarah, you know, my question is, are these the hidden gems here of the Broncos coaching search? Taking a look at Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell. We mentioned under the Sean McVay tree. Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan. As a lockdown Bengals guy said, don't take my OC, bro. Outside of that, are these the hidden gems here in this coaching search in your opinion? I feel like there might be some traction there. I think so. I think it's definitely the hidden gems in this search. Definitely a spot where you could see, as George Payton said, obviously leadership, a number one quality that he's looking for. But also, he said with all these different candidates, offensive or defensive, they he wants to hear what their plan is for the offense. Because obviously, the Broncos have been really good on defense for the last, I don't know how many years, eight, nine years. They've been really good on defense, but they've been really bad on offense since that 2014 season, the last really good year of Peyton Manning. So this this coaching search has to include guys that come in with a really clear, detailed plan for how to develop the offense. And you can't help but think offensive guys are going to be able to come in and tell you how to do that, specifically with a guy like Callahan, who played or who who coached with the Denver Broncos from 2010 to 2015. He might be able to give you the clearest picture that doesn't include, well, just go and get a star quarterback. You know, he's been around a lot of different guys, and we've talked about him before as well. So I'm really interested by Kevin O'Connell too, Cody. He was uh, teammates at San Diego State. Somebody brought this to my attention. Uh, He was teammates at San Diego State with Darren Moogie, who's obviously part of the head coaching search committee. So he was catching passes from from Kevin O'Connell back in the day. So there's a (laughs) connection there between those two guys. And you can't help but wonder if that, hey, did he bring his name up as like, we need to talk to this guy? Why did Sean McVay, you know, protect him essentially last year? I think there's definitely some hidden gems to be found at the back end of this coaching search. And then Friday, the Broncos will wrap up with an interview with Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator. We'll dive a little bit deeper in that when we come back here in just a moment. But real quick, before we get into that conversation, Sarah, I want to tell Broncos country about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar. And ladies and gentlemen, the Churro Puff Built Bars, they are back for a limited time. Go to Built.com and check it out today. This is my all-time favorite flavor at Built Bar, ladies and gentlemen. And look, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar and the healthiest tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. The, they're also covered in 100% milk chocolate so when you combine the fact that they taste legitimately like a candy bar and they're healthy for you it's a no-brainer ladies and gentlemen check it out today built bar has nine amazing delicious flavors including the occasional limited time flavor like the churro puffs which you need to go check out right now at built.com and you and your family can find a flavor that matches your taste buds to your preference at built.com if you need a little bit extra fuel as well built bar has you covered because the bars they have 17 grams of protein 130 calories and only four grams of sugar tremendous value there for a protein bar that tastes legitimately like a candy bar Covered in 100% milk chocolate. So go to build.com today. See all the amazing flavors and all the options that you can get for you or your family today and place that order. When you go to place that order, go to checkout. Use promo code LOCK15. That's going to get you 15% off at built.com. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at built.com. All right, Sarah, jumping to the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Before we get to a mailbag question here, answering one of Broncos country's questions about if the Broncos can't land a star quarterback via trade, what quarterback options could look at in the NFL draft, touching a little bit more on Eric Bieniemy, the interview set for Friday for the Denver Broncos. At this point, the Denver Broncos are the only team that have put in a request to interview Bieniemy. 
So, I mean, like I said, I think that we, we see all these different narratives out there on social media. We go back and we can look at Bienemy's history. Beat reporters for Kansas City say that it's Andy Reid who calls a majority of the plays. And then there's times where he hands it off to Bienemy. So I, I don't know what to believe here. All I know is that he's been up for potential head coaching interviews last year, the year before, and he is still yet to be hired as a head coach. There has to be a reason for that. I'm not sure what it is. But maybe the Broncos will find out a little bit more. Or maybe this is just an Intel interview. So I wanted to touch on that. But let's get to a Broncos country mailbag question that was sent into us on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. That's their Bettinger at Lockdown Broncos. It came in and the question was, if the Broncos can't land an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson via trade, what draft quarterback options would we potentially look at as maybe being better fits for the organization. And so start off on, on this prospect out of Nevada, Sarah, that everyone's talking about as well, because I'm a little intrigued by him as well, but I feel like it's a little too early for me to really say who my QB one is in this year's draft class. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's still plenty of evaluation to be done, but it is a great question because to me, the more that I think about this, Cody, the more that I, I kind of realize if the Broncos don't get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, the best option might be just to say, all right, we're going to go this year. We're going to throw a rookie into the mix. We got Drew Locke coming back. Maybe you swing a, a trade for a lower tier guy like Gardner Minshew or something like that. But, but I think the best possible option might be to throw, as George Payton would call it, a dart at the dartboard at one of these quarterbacks. And Carson Strong, to me, he gives you a lot of everything that you kind of look for in a quarterback prospect from arm strength to accuracy to being able to distribute the ball and get it out to guys, uh, you know, all of his different playmakers at every level of the field. One of the best deep ball throwers I think I've watched over the last couple of years. I mean, he has throws that every single week you see Carson Strong pop up on, you know, the highlight reel of Twitter or people are like, how did Carson Strong make this throw? He's been doing that for a few years now. So I really like him personally, Cody. And I know I feel like a lot in, in Broncos country are kind of coming aboard with this idea because of the fact that in the mock draft simulators, which is not reflective of the actual draft, but in the simulators right now, you can kind of get him in the back end of round one, the early portion of round two. So people are kind of thinking, man, I, I kind of like the, the tools that we see with Carson Strong there. I like the production. I like the accuracy. I like the price. So everything kind of comes together in that regard when you talk about this particular guy. Well, I think one thing that's going to check out too, we get a look at all these guys in the senior bowl, which is coming up. It allows NFL scouts to look. The Broncos are going to have a contingency there to be able to watch these guys. I mean, it is a, for the quarterback class that's coming out there, all the ones that we expect to, you know, be in the conversation are going to the senior bowl, which is fantastic. You get a better look at their options. For Carson Strong, I think a lot of it is going to be the medicals on his knee. There's always been some concern about a knee injury that he's had. If those check out, obviously when the NFL holds the scout and combine, they go through that whole entire process of going through checks and interviewing players that will either skyrocket someone's draft value or it'll decrease it and tank it down a little bit so you know we, we don't know yet I think we'll learn once the NFL scouting combine happens we see these guys throw and we see kind of the the final positioning the pro days we're going to see who's going to position themselves as QB1 right now there is no definitive clear QB1 if you talk to draft analysts all across the league circles and everything you know we, we talk about that in general it is wild right now so I, I think that's really kind of clouded the perspective from fans about this year's quarterback class. Oh, it's not a great quarterback class. We just simply don't know what this year's quarterback class will be just yet. And I think that's okay there. But there's a couple other guys too. Let's mention Malik Willis, quarterback out of Liberty, Desmond Ritter, obviously out of Cincinnati. W one thing that we saw, obviously from Malik Willis, the athleticism, the ability to kind of work off script a little bit and create plays out of structure. 
He's also got a little bit of arm talent as well. Now, the thing is, is that these guys are all raw and they have some mechanical traits to them that need some refinement and obviously coaching and development. Same thing with Desmond Ritter. We got to see a little bit from him in Cincinnati when they took on Alabama. But unfortunately, that's just not a good matchup for them to have to go up against in round one, obviously, of the college football playoffs. And he was without one of his biggest playmaking tight ends who went out with the Liz Frank injury. Really hard to evaluate these guys here. What are your thoughts quickly on these two? I think for me, these two guys, Cody, they represent guys that are are the, the prototypical dart throw in terms of athleticism, playmaking ability, and obviously plenty of experience, especially in Desmond Ritter's case. I mean, he has a ton of playing time under his belt. So I feel like, especially with Ritter, I feel like you're going to get a guy that a coach is going to love because you could bring him in, simplify your offense, and really allow him to just go out there and be a playmaker, cut the reads down, really really just simplify things. Let him kind of react in the moment instead of having to be, you know, diagnosing things pre and post snap. Really allow him <laughs> to just make some easy easy reads, but I think with the Broncos running game, the skill players that they have, you could bring one of these two guys in and a quarterback with that kind of athleticism and ability to really break a defense down with their legs could do a lot of damage. Well, let's take a look at Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett, probably one of the most exciting prospects in this year's NFL draft class. Now, some concerns about his hand size, but uh, Pro Football Network's Tony Pauline had even reported something as well that kind of makes a little bit of sense when you watch him. We see some of the things that Kenny Pickett does. You're like, how does he do that with such small hands? I know that's always an argument people want to talk about his hand size here, but apparently he's got a double jointed thumb, which allows him to grip the football in a certain way. One of those weird things that always comes out in terms of information like that, but Kenny Pickett, you know, a guy that can use his legs as well. I mean, he's got the designs. He's got the build to him, I think, to be an NFL quarterback. The question is, is he a round one guy? Is he a round two guy? We don't know where any of these guys' projected rounds are. I mean, some of them have them in round three. Some of them at the bottom end of round one. Some of them have them early round one, depending on teams that really need a young quarterback. It's just so up in the air right now. I like Pickett. I think he's a baller. He's got some swagger and some moxie to him. That's one thing I do like about him. But then again, it's like we don't know what we know until we see a little bit more, especially with the scouting combine and the senior bowl coming up. Exactly. Exactly. And that'll give us an opportunity to get to see these guys hands on. And we know George Payton has said before, I like to see these guys on the ground in person. And he did exactly that for Kenny Pickett. He actually went and saw him play against Sam Howell in North Carolina this year. So Sam (laughs) Howell's another guy. So I feel like, you know, George Payton has done his homework. He's been out there on the ground doing things like he likes to do, getting to see these guys. He also saw Malik Willis in in person this season. He's seen a number of these quarterback prospects. So obviously there's, there's, you know, he's doing his homework to make sure he can make an educated decision this season. And I think Kenny Pickett, like you said, he's got a gamer mentality. And I didn't know the thing about the double jointed thumb. I mean, that's got to be one of the one of the grossest <laughs> pieces of inside info. But man, I, I can't, I can't, I can't relate. But I, when people can contort themselves in weird ways like that, I, I, I start to close my eyes and cringe a little bit, Cody. But I, I think that's a great point. I mean, if he can throw the ball, if he can sling the rock, who cares what his hand size measures out at? Well, and I think coming up here in just a moment, I know we're going to get into conversation what the team needs are outside of head coach and obviously quarterback. One question for fans to consider, you know, if you take a quarterback in this year's NFL draft, is it a one-year trial mentality, as you kind of pointed out in our show notes? That may be the best option if the Broncos do miss out on maybe getting a veteran quarterback option. Look, you can get a young guy that you feel like you can build and develop, and then you put him in competition with a guy like Drew Locke, who's still under contract, which, look, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Locke's not going anywhere for now. I mean, the Broncos' plan right now is to keep him in 2022. We'll see what his role will be 
but I feel like that's important information to kind of put out there. We'll discuss that a little bit more throughout the offseason, ladies and gentlemen, as information and more moves happen for this Denver Broncos team. But coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into a conversation about other team needs outside of head coach and quarterback for this Broncos team. But before we do that, let me tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline would like to wish all of you a happy new betting year as we continue the march towards the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline, they remain the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and you can get the new updated desktop or mobile website and you can sign up today at betonline.ag and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using our promo code locked on. That's one word locked on to get started today from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that are available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Sarah, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. Sarah Bettinger, myself, we have you covered every single day, all year long, because for the true fan, there is no offseason here. Lockdown Broncos, we have you covered. Getting into another one of our mailbag questions that was sent in from a viewer. The question was, what are team needs outside of head coach and quarterback that the Broncos need to look at? And George Payton has kind of given us a little bit of information in his pressers as to some of the things a team may need to do, where are we starting? I think you start with the pass rush, right? And that's got to be it. And that's one area where the Broncos, we talked about a couple of the team sack leaders on yesterday's show, Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones coming from the interior with six and five and a half sacks respectively. Then you start to look at quarterback hits, total pressures, and Von Miller being near the top of the list is not exactly the greatest, <laughs> the greatest news for the Denver Broncos. So I think George Payton is obviously, he, he's clear on this the pass rush has to be upgraded. And he understands that. And he admitted as much. He, he said that in, a, in an interview with Broncos TV. That was one of the number one things that he mentioned was rushing the quarterback from the defensive side. That's got to be an area that gets emphasized. But that's not necessarily the only area in the defensive front that he's going to be looking at. So we talk about this Broncos team as how good the, the strength of the team being the defense. Interestingly enough, it sounds like George Payton would say that a couple of the team's top needs lie on that side of the ball. I mean, we look at run defense, the interior defensive line. Look, Mike Purcell dealt with that injury. You know, I think when Purcell is healthy, the team is better with him out there. But when he's hurt or when he's playing hurt, they do seem to struggle a little bit. And obviously, we look at that 3-4 the defense. A lot is asked of a nose tackle when you're playing in a 1 or a 0 or a 2-I inside shade of the offensive guard. It's very tough sometimes because you're getting a lot of attention. You're getting double teams from linemen. Sometimes you're getting a fullback to come up and kick you out as well and then play up the play side linebacker. But I think the reality is, I, you know, I think a lot's going to be dependence there. Like on the Broncos' next head coach, do they keep the 3-4 scheme intact or do they go with a 4-3 defensive scheme? That, to me, I think is a bigger question that I have. What are the Broncos going to do in this regard? That's going to be a very, very interesting question. I'm sure that George Payton and his hiring committee will be asking. I think that it would be foolish for the Broncos to transition away from the scheme that's been working for them out of the 3-4 with the two-high safety look. I, I think that if they do stay in that 3-4, nose tackle has to be a priority for them in this year's NFL draft or free agency. They have to really take a strong look. This is a big year for Mike Purcell. I love Mike Purcell. I really do, sir. But there were times where he struggled this year, and I think a lot of it was equated due to his injury because when you have surgery on a thumb, and we all know our thumb is important. If I cut my thumb off right now, I would not be able to have very strong grip with my right hand or my left hand, depending on which thumb got cut off. For him, I think that was an issue, and I applaud him trying to play through that. But we talk about instances where players play hurt. 
are they helping their team or are they hurting their team? I, I mean, it's one of those things. Mike Purcell, when healthy, is really good for the Broncos, and I hope mm-hmm. that we get to see him come back to form here in 2022. Linebacker, we've talked about it. Who's going to be the guy? I think that's really the biggest question. Is Kenny Young going to stay? Baron Brown is obviously going to be a focal point. What about Jonas Griffith? Is he going to be the guy that probably gets terms and aspects to, you know, aspects to start? Or is it going to be Josie Jewell or Alexander Johnson? I mean, just the options right now are so endless for the Broncos team. I, I'm just eager to see what George Payton has to say about that. So we talk about run defense. But I want to flip it to the other side of the ball, and we talk about the Broncos offense. One thing that needs to improve, consistency and protection of the offensive side of the ball. What other positions do you feel like the Broncos need to absolutely take a look at? Well, I think, and George Payton touched on it, protecting the QB he thinks could be better. And I think always you want your protection to be better, right? I feel like the Broncos did a pretty good job of that this year. Teddy Bridgewater held onto the ball quite a long time, you know, pretty frequently. So that resulted in more sacks and I think would was reflective of how the offensive line played. But I think right tackle, obviously, that's the number one area you look at right now that's got a vacancy in terms of Bobby Massey is slated for free agency. So who steps into that right tackle spot? Do you bring Calvin Anderson back as a starter this this next year at that position? Or do you look to the draft? This is a very, very strong offensive line draft in general, Cody. I think the Broncos sitting at pick number nine, if they were sitting there saying, hey, we're going to take an offensive lineman or a pass rusher, they will be able to get one of the blue chip players in this class. They won't have any problem with that at pick number nine. So I feel like... If you're looking for a right tackle, this is a great draft to develop, and I think draft two guys. That's what I would do. If it was me, I'd be looking at taking two guys at offensive tackle, and then you could argue, I think there's cases to be made that the interior play could be upgraded, but you're going to be bringing back Reisner, Glasgow, uh, Natani Muti, Quinn Miners, Lloyd Cushenberry. All of those guys are under contract, and they're going to be back. Do you simply bank on them progressing, or do you go out and spend your valuable free agent dollars on free agent linemen again when it simply has not worked in the past? So to me, if it was up to me, I'd be all about this year's draft, taking at least three offensive linemen total, doubling up on the tackle position. Hey, I, I have no disagreements with you there. Broncos country, let us know what you think about Sarah and I's suggestions about team needs outside of head coach and quarterback. Let us know your thoughts on today's episode of the show, what you thought here in the YouTube comment section. And once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. When you wake up in the morning, you have a cup of coffee, you go to the gym, you work out, or on your drive to work, you tune into Lockdown Broncos. We appreciate you significantly over here at the show, both Sarah Bettinger and myself. But Broncos country, that will wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos. The head coaching search continues for George Payton and company. Will we have an update the next week, week and a half? More than likely. I'm a little bit optimistic. And when that happens, when the Broncos hire the guy, Sarah, we're going to break it all down. It's going to be very fun. But until then, we have it covered every single day here the Lockdown Broncos podcast with all relevant Broncos news, content, and discussion. If you have any questions you ever want answered here on the show, drop them in the comment section. Sarah Bettinger, myself, we got you covered. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode. Lock on Broncos.